Genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics today. I am your host, Adam Sheehan, and I'm here today with yet another abridged panel of co-hosts, Casey Crawford. Hello. Sorry, I'm not Sean. <laughs> and uh, RJ Vite. hey uh, Sean's actually not here today. His Pinewood Derby car got into the state finals. <laughs> uh, we wish him luck and Godspeed in representing Troop uh, 136. 138. Or 138. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's actually it's like a, a relay race. I handed off the baton out of the air, air, hot air balloon. I gave it to him. So, RJ, you're next. You got to go on the cross-country canoe race. Yeah, I just, I just hope he can finally beat the... Uh, the Fitzpatrick triplets from you, Troop those, 237. Those you bastards. had to race a hot air balloon and he has to watch a car go down a slope? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's not... It's not, you know, it's not a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, as a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books yet, we may ruin them for you. I'm also going to give you some timestamps in the episode description. Our top stories today are Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy number two by Jeff Lemire and Tansi Zanjic. Mm-hmm. And Venom the End by Adam Warren and Chamba. Chamba. Just Chamba. Chamba. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's do it. Oh, I feel weird starting off. Right? I don't I don't like this we part. Need, we need Sean. I need a buffer. I need I need I need minutes to warm up. Like I gotta <laughs> I gotta listen and like get in the zone. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do the thing. Uh so it's uh Dead Eyes number four, uh by Jerry Dugan and John McRae, uh is is my top pick this week. Uh I think I've talked about almost every issue of this book at this point. Maybe maybe all of them. Um but basically the premise is that he is a uh, he was this like uh, vigilante slash hitman slash um, Robin Hood type of uh, person that would just kind of like rob from the rich and give to himself, but also kind of like help the people around him and was you know an endearing criminal basically. And um, he had to get back into the game because his wife is very ill and the medical industry is a, is a nightmare. Um, so you know he couldn't pay for her medical bills, so he's like, well, I guess I'll just you know pull this one more job. And uh, in the last issue, we learned that the mob was after him because they uh, thought that he had stolen this like $12 million bounty from like killing, like putting out a hit on like the mob guy's son. Turns out he just killed that guy because he was a rapist and didn't know about any money at all. <laughs> Turns out the guy was just an asshole. Just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, so he's like, this is from the waitress. Like he didn't even know the guy's name. He didn't know he was mob at all. And just took him out because it was the it was a good thing to do for the world. <laughs> Shouldn't have killed that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then yeah, so the mob's like, oh, he's back and he's got my twelve million. He's like, uh, pardon. So in the last issue, he uh, he interrogates one of the goons and finds out where the twelve million is. So enter this issue, and he has immediately stolen a currency sniffing dog. We, nice. That happens off panel. We don't even know how he did that. I want one of those. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very impressive that that exists. Um, but then he goes to uh, this this like apartment building, uh, possibly hotel, but apartment building where like you know the, the mob kid was living, and plays it off like it's a bed bug bug thing, like this dog sniffs uh, for bed yeah, bugs, yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was pretty clever. So like everyone in the hotel's like, oh my. <laughs> My stars, like, <laughs> freaking out because you, all you have to do is say bed bugs and everyone, you know, panics. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
relatable. Been there. It's, it's a nightmare. I guess I got to go home and get rid of my bed bugs. <laughs> I remember giving you a ride to the train station once when all that was going oh on. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, she was in my car. <laughs> I had to delouse my life. Uh, yeah, no, it was bad. But, um, but yeah, so he basically manages to break into the proper apartment under this ruse. And it's uh, it works out pretty well. Um, and gets to the point where he's just literally take it like he gets the dog the dog's freaking out and he takes a buzz saw and just cuts a hole like a square in in this wall like the size of a duffel bag and finds the duffel bag but right as he finds the duffel bag these like people come home and uh they're dressed like karate people i don't know i guess they were at their their annual you know week, weekly karate class <laughs> they just got back from practice just got back from practice or they were cosplaying or they were cosplaying it seems like they were cosplaying because then they do something really stupid and basically, he tries to play it off like, yeah, hey, guys, yeah, I'm just uh, bed bugs. And they're like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, who are you? What's going on? And uh, then he's just like, get down on the floor. And like, immediately goes into like, this is a robbery kind of mode just oh, to wow. get them to like deescalate because they're already freaking out. And the, one of the karate dudes goes to punch him and he turns and just puts the buzzsaw up. So the guy punches a buzzsaw. <laughs> And just fingers start oh flying. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, if you're trained in karate at all, don't punch the buzz saw. You know? I think that's Ooh. the first thing that that's the him. first rule one. If I know anything from my white belt days, <laughs> don't punch the buzz. Don't saw. punch the buzz saw. Yes. The buzz saw is like black belt. That's you gotta a, wait. That's a, that's the first thing you learn in shop class. I don't know if they teach that in karate. Although he is a black belt, right? Yeah, no, he's well, actually he is actually wearing a black belt. Bad move, man. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, his, his friend doesn't see that that was a bad idea, and then comes at him, and then he takes a buzzsaw into to the shoulder. Um, so basically, when you say buzzsaw, this is like a circular yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, whatever that is, is that a circular saw? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a table saw, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not a table saw. It's a circular saw. Yeah. <laughs> You can use it on a table. I, I'm new to this whole power tools thing myself, man. <laughs> I know what they all do. I just don't know their names. I just f- constantly find myself in a situation where going, oh, I need a new tool for this. <laughs> We're going to lose our Home Depot to sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I don't want to sound like a damsel in distress here, but that's honestly why I have a boyfriend. Okay. That's no. like, he, he kills the bugs and hammers the nails. <laughs> that's not true. I hammer the nails. Um, but he circular saws the circular saws. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, so, so he basically, like, takes these guys out pretty hardcore, and in the process of fighting with them, the, the duffel bag spills open, and there's just money raining down. So he's like, okay, here's what's gonna happen. There's three of these bags. I'm gonna leave one, and you're just gonna stop doing this, and you're not gonna tell anyone I was here. And they're like, well, wh- why aren't you, like, splitting it half? And he's like, because I have the saw. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Why am I, like, not leaving that there? And it's, <laughs> it's like, like oh, I could cut all of you in half. And also, gonna... I know where you live. So, how about you don't tell anybody I was here? Uh, so, he manages to leave. Um, and then he does his whole, like, Robin Hood routine and, and drops off, you know, the bags to uh, another bag of money to uh, Wheels, if you recall Wheels and I think issue two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, the guy who fell asleep. He had, like, an episode while drive, like, doing, driving the getaway car. Wrecked. And got literally wrecked. Ooh. Yeah. Like, through flew the, uh, through the car. Yep. Yeah. Into, like, a bus or something. So, yeah, he, like, takes care of them. And, uh, yeah, so that's, so that's good. And then, um, yeah, you know, we see his his wife getting checked out of the hospital because uh, he, you know, paid like the whole thing in cash. And uh, yeah, and like he, he got her a surprise and it's just like a ramp. 
like a, like a really nice ramp from the you know house down to like, the car so that she can like wheel herself up and it's like such a small thing but like she's like ecstatic i mean that's that's a huge deal for it, someone like that exactly yeah it's but like you know he he says it it's like you know it uh <laughs> he even says like um something as simple as a ramp made her so happy i should have robbed somebody before now uh you know yeah like you know like it just worked that well um yeah and then he goes back to the the house so because the the goon that gave him this information basically said like i know you have to kill me because if you let me go the mob is gonna kill me because if i'm the only person that survives this ordeal they're gonna think i told you you know what i mean so like one way or the other i'm dying so why don't you just get it over with and then the goons like basically like just give my wife some of the money and then, like, you know, our hero's basically like, that's totally fair. Yeah, I'll do that. So he does. And he goes to the, the mob dude's uh, wife and basically just says, like, your, your husband wanted you to have this. And as he's, like, dropping the bag, he's just like, huh, look at this picture of your husband with, like, the higher up mob person. And she just stabs him in the shoulder. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically just like, that was a bad idea. Now my DNA is everywhere. Like, I was just trying to help. So he just, like, ties her to a tree and burns her house down. <laughs> fair yeah and he's like here's this bag of money to start fresh how about you don't tell anybody you have this you know like how about you just disappear now you know there's not a whole lot of problems that just a duffel bag full of cash can't solve honestly that would solve pretty much every problem that i have <laughs> same <laughs> um but yeah so so then basically it it you know we get a happy ending he like kind of has the he, he took the um the picture that was in her house and it, it kind of has a clue as to like what's happening next. Cause it's like in some like art gallery and he's like, um, texting somebody. It says like, um, hub museum victim of largest private his heist in history. Uh, frames remain empty until the pieces are returned. $10 million reward. So he's like, he saw this picture and like knows like where these like priceless paintings are now. So now he has... Are they in the house he just burned down? He's in... The, he's in... It's in the mob boss's house. Oh. So, like, he, it was a picture of the dude whose house he burned down and the higher-up guy. And, oh. and that guy's house is the paintings that were stolen from the museum. That would have been great if they were in the house. Yeah, just, just like, damn it! It's, whoops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a total, like, lock, stock, two smoking barrels situation. <laughs> we're just throwing them in the river. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, so so like we basically end with just like got the next job, and like I I thought this was just gonna be a mini series, but uh yeah, th- it's like it seems like each arc is gonna be very like neatly tied up in this little like we've solved that one now let's see what other trouble we can get into. Uh, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was uh it's a good little way to to end that that arc, and it seems like you know at the very least his his you know wife and stuff are like taken care of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's. Yeah, they even have like a whole thing where they go through and talk about like, like one of the one of her fellow patients in the hospital is just like I keep hearing about like canceling um like uh school school loan debt like what about canceling medical debt and it's like yeah that's that's a thing you know like <laughs> it's uh it's horrific and it ruins lives and uh, oh yeah yeah so but you know they're taking care of at least for now and he's you know about to get himself into some more trouble and this book is just fantastic I love that book so much. It's just like equal parts like super gore and craziness with like it's actually pretty good like detective work. Like there's like those moments of like, you know, pretty good yeah. story storytelling. Yeah, I guess. it's it's a good detective story. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, RJ, what do you got? Oh boy. 
right, what chaos are you throwing us into? Stumble through this mess. Um, <laughs> oh, is this? Got He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, uh, number three. Oof. Um, and I, I haven't to... talked about it before because it's bonkers and there's just so much going on. I meant to read this and I feel so bad that I didn't. <laughs> it's uh, written by Tim Seeley and drawn by Dan Fraga and Tom Derenick. So um, there is a there's an anti He-Man. And oh, is that the negative looking one? Yes. Okay. And he's trying to get to something called the True Source. Uh, I th- think that's the name of it. I don't know. It's the the it's some main He-Man, probably the main He-Man universe. Is that like Earth Zero? Yeah. Well, he's, Earth Prime. So he's going through all the different Gray Skulls and taking their power, and he's trying to get there so he can spread his corruption through the multiverse. Oh, so it's Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to find an analog here. Uh, just sit tight. There are some. Um, so there's. So it starts with Anti-He-Man. He's in this place called the Inter-Realm, which is like between worlds, and he comes across a council of Zodaks, and Zodak <laughs> is like the cosmic enforce, like cosmic, like kind of like the Watcher for He-Man. Um, so it's a, it's a council of Ricks, but but Heimdalls. Uh. Yeah. Just, I love how you're just you're just I'm, grabbing at the air. I'm right grabbing now. at straws it's, here, it's man. It's He-Man. So, um, you said some words that kind of sound like things that I understand. So he, he kind of he just uh, it's yeah. So he comes across the Zodax and he he just kind of punches one into another dimension, and it's uh, the the Snake Realm Snake Zone. Where it's uh, King Hiss and Hordak and Shadow Weaver. Those are some <laughs> words you just said at me. Are and, those actually uh, He-Man characters? I don't know He-Man enough yeah, to know they're, those they're are. all yeah. He-Man characters. Okay. This, this feels like when I was doing that Dick Tracy rundown. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, oh, cool. Uh, it's like Bricktop or whatever. I'm like, great. <laughs> Everyone's looking Fantastic. Like, are, are you having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, he wrecks King Hiss and... Uh, or is it Commander Hiss? It might be Commander Hiss. <laughs> Don't you demote him. <laughs> he worked hard for those no. stripes. It's fine. It's Lieutenant Hiss? No, it's King Hiss. Yeah, oh, King right. Hiss. It's even better. <laughs> is God Emperor Hiss? Um, <laughs> Supreme Leader Hiss. It's fine. So he takes that power and then it, and it cuts to um, a different realm where the, the He-Men are and... It's the the movie version of He Man. Oh, the Dolph Lundgren <laughs> yeah. verse. Oh wait, what does he look like? Looks well, like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, it does. Is this is this Scott Pilgrim He Man? No, it's um, it's Tappers of Grey School He Man. He's from an iOS game, <laughs> and the best way to describe him is he looks like a Lego minifigure. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's a little Scott Pilgrim Lego yeah. person. I gotta read this book. This is so, fantastic. This so the He Man are at this world where um. It's normal Skeletor and uh, like Trapjaw and Evelyn and Beast Man, and uh, but he- Skeletor has seemingly won in this universe. So He Man is gone and the Masters are gone. Um, so they take uh, He Man the they take the He Man and uh the captive with these glowing green chains, and they throw them into into a dungeon where Tila is, and um. Is this, uh, is this regular Skeletor here? Yeah. Okay. Also, the He-Men are palling around with a with a Skeletor that has that is Prince Keldor, and 
so it was before Skeletor, and he is the good version on that planet. So him and so man are switched. So he's doofus Rick. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? He's not a doofus. No, no, I'm just saying that he's, he's like well, the, the one that doesn't get along with all the other ones. So he's got to like, he's, he's kind of thrown. He's friends with the Jerry's. But throughout he... this, throughout this issue, he keeps like trying to appeal. <laughs> you're, you're trying so hard. <laughs> I love it. I need, I need to ground it somehow. But the, but the Kelto Ricks was Zodak. <laughs> Skeletor sure. isn't Zodak. Skeletor, all the councils are, are just Ricks. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You're making this more difficult to understand, <laughs> Casey. Uh. Only if you don't watch Rick and Morty. And in that case, I am I am so sorry. I've just been, made this so much worse. <laughs> oh my lord! But but uh, th- th- this is like this is like watching He Man if you had the interdimensional cable box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. And I'm just Jerry, just like I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Why is that person a corn person? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. So Skeletor's kingdom gets attacked. And um, Skele- Skeletor's talking about how, like, he was so tired of losing that he just decided to get these different, like, powerful artifacts and put them into his staff. And they just, like, combined until they created this, like, crystal of disappearance. And he just, he made them all, he made all the masters... And he may just vanish, and um, so that's a problem. Yeah. Well, that was easy. <laughs> so, but then all you had to do this whole time. So then they they start getting attacked, and um, he's like, "Well, we need reinforcements." So I I uh, didn't disappear, He Man. I made him haunt uh Grayskull so he could forever look at his failure. So he kind of like brings He Man forth, and it's this He Man. He's like in like full scale mail, and he's got this big beard. And he's the He-Man of this universe, and he's just kind of been, like, kept in stasis, I guess, with, from Skeletor. And, um... Jeez. So there, there's this big fight going on, and, um... Yeah, this is, this is wild. Here's yeah, the- <laughs> and then the, he, that He-Man, he kind of, he gets, like, he just, he just wants to kill Skeletor. He doesn't realize that Skeletor is kind of, he, like, needs his help because there's other forces. The, all the snake men. Um, and, uh, so he throws his sword, but, uh, the iOS app game, He-Man <laughs> knocks Skeletor <laughs> out of the way and, um, saves him, but then anti-He-Man grabs the power, the power sword and stabs the, the app game He-Man Aww. and kills, kills little, kills little He-Man. He-Man on He-Man, He-Man crime. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, if, if I remember correctly, that negative He-Man was from the toy line where they figured out a way to sell more, more action figures by just taking the He-Man figure and giving it a, a color different, opposite paint job. Different oh, color God. scheme, yeah. Yeah. That seems well, there's like also the, that uh, other He-Man that Skeletor creates that's also, like, gray. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They... The second issue has them all on a spaceship from when they did the new adventures of He-Man. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. There's so many random pulls. It's, I, I don't even, I don't I, even know like, I never half really, the stuff. I never really thought of He-Man as a, a, a property that you could pull from like this. Like, yeah. this is kind of great. It, it is great. It, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't really think of that like with Ghostbusters either. Like oh, when it was like Ghostbusters are so many. Yeah, but like I'd really thought it's like okay, there's the movies and the cartoons, and there's like the new one. Like there's like three multiverses. Like no, there's like so many other. Yeah, ones. and it gets weirder. Yeah, because like they exist within each other's universes. Yeah, like the, there's a, a theory. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show. I talked about it on Team and Team Minute one time, but uh, the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon, mm-hmm. is the actual Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters movie exists in their universe they actually consulted on the filming of of our universes (laughs) it's it gets that's that's very convoluted the way i describe it to people is it's the actual adventures of sherlock holmes as opposed to the stories that watson wrote got it neither of them are real but they are different (laughs) because one was authored by the other it's just bananas that is bananas Sorry. No, that's good. Uh, so Skeletor, um, he decides that uh, losing some power is like worth not dying. So he uh, he kills uh, King Hiss and Shadow Weaver and use and like trades them with the masters of the universe that he kept like locked away. So he like he brings them forth, and um, and then uh, there's this. The sad moment with dying at Game He-Man where he, he's Aww. talking to Tila and he's like, my one regret was never telling my Tila how much I loved her. Oh. I was like, oh no. That is so sad. <laughs> Poor iOS Tila. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's a different Tila. Oh, well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that'd be that yeah. Game Tila. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, this Tila is way, way prettier, so. Oh, well, there it well, is. Well, she's not a Lego person, so. <laughs> Well, now now she has to deliver that message. Yeah, she's got to pass it along to the Lego person. That's the next issue. (laughs) Uh, And she goes, I I know why Adam was always late. He seemed so irresponsible. It's because he was you, because Adam was busy being a hero. And it's like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's those Spider-Man problems again. Yeah, no, I was about to say. Then it... uh, Skeletor kind of has this conversation with the with the good Skeletor, uh, the Prince Keldor, and he's like, "You don't understand. You know, eventually the power is going to corrupt you, and you'll, you'll eventually you lose side. your face skin. Yeah, then you know, eventually you're gonna be real mad when you lose your face skin, and everyone's gonna start calling you Skeletor, which is kind of a mean name <laughs> to give someone. It's like, be... yo, I just lost my face skin. Can you have some like heart? Can you like? <laughs> it's really hard to be more considerate you know, I'm of my really self conscious about it. <laughs> it's really hard to become not to become evil when you don't have face skin, and everyone calls you Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Red Skull didn't want to be a Nazi. He just had a Red Skull. And well, it's like, what are you going to do, not call he, him Red Skull? He gets a really, like, <laughs> traumatic and heartbreaking um, transformation in the, the DC comic, like, the, the actual... The oh, yeah, we the... talked about this with the giant omnibus that Adam's never going to read. Yeah. <laughs> also, the, uh, the, Christmas, the TV Christmas special he has. <laughs> it turns out he, you know... He's got a heart? He is, he, is he the Grinch? Did they, did they do, like, a Grinch thing? His heart grew. Yeah, but it's his face. His face skin well, was, grew like, three times this, that there, day. There are these two kids from Earth that get stranded on their planet, and um, Skeletor's just trying to like find a way to get them home. He's like, uh, who are these kids' parents? <laughs> but, like, I don't want to deal with this yeah, anymore. But th- through that, they tell him about Christmas, because it's Christmas time on Earth. Aw, yeah. that's nice. That's cute. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so th- this ends uh, with... Um, Anti-He-Man showing up to this other world where it's it's a clown juggling and 
I don't know what. I it's don't from. know what this it last page like, is weird. It looks like it's a Scooby Doo cartoon, <laughs> and I don't know what's happening. Was there a He Man Scooby Doo crossover? Because that might be happening. I, I would read the so. hell out of oh, that. Oh me. DC owns the rights to Scooby Doo. Also, do, I would yeah. eat so much Fruit Loops to that cartoon. <laughs> I I would. I diabetes would, watching that cartoon. I would a hundred percent watch all of that. <laughs> um, this book is is ridiculous. It's great though. I, I mean, I I just I'm so glad whenever there's a He Man book. Anyway, the universe is so bonkers. Even if it's not crossing over with a million different multiverses, <laughs> it, I love it's weird. I, I weird, just weird world. I, I love properties that started with a toy. You yeah. know, like oh, it's, yeah. it started with a toy and then they made a comic book and then they realized their target audience isn't, doesn't know how to read yet. So then they made a cartoon. <laughs> and all three of those things are vastly different and, and from now, one another. And now, 40 years later, it's a comic written by adults who were fans and it's the most just insane <laughs> crap yeah. you can come up with. This is also the same writer who's, who's half of Money Shot. Uh, so yeah. that's you got a brand, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the, the the dude version, the dude counterpart of of Money Shot. <laughs> so, so all the weird, wacky sci-fi shit that's happening in Money Shot is translating into this. <laughs> this is only six issues, but I can only hope that they, with the you know, whatever Kevin Smith is doing for Netflix, gives it another comic. Oh, is he doing a, a He-Man thing? I think so. Maybe I don't know. Well, I'm if if this works out for them, they could do what IDW does and just give a book to every version of yeah of that multiverse i could see that happening i could see dc just going wild with it especially if it like sells when, when dc gets their hand on like a like a cool character design that sells it's just like hey you like the batman who laughs because he's over there now he's over here now you get six different books with batman who laughs he's also the, the gordon who laughs and the, the gordon who laughs <laughs> jesus christ almighty that's real i'm not making that up uh yeah you want Donna Troy who laughs? You got a Donna Troy who laughs. You want to? You didn't ask for it, but here's a Supergirl who laughs, and then here's a. And we've got He Man, so here's a He Man who laughs. <laughs> exactly. There's gonna be six He Man. I He Man's who laugh. <laughs> well, I mean, anti He Man. That doesn't. Sound I don't know right. how funny he is though. He Man's. He Man's. <laughs> I think my doctor told me to look out for that. <laughs> I don't think I caught that last year. <laughs> you look like you've been saying things like hebens a lot <laughs> all right so that that comes around to me uh before i get into my topics i want to shout out this book that i finally got my hands on that came out a couple Keyword weeks on ago finally. it came out on uh bowie's birthday january oh, that's 8th great. it's yeah. uh it's bowie stardust ray guns and moonage daydreams by surprise michael allred Lara allred and steve horton Oh my god, this book is so gorgeous. It's all, it even has a foreword by Neil Gaiman. It, it's this beautiful uh, hardcover book. Some of the most amazing art I've ever seen from from the Allreds. This is it is it is somehow both photorealism of these these like actual people, like not only Bowie but like everyone around yeah. Bowie. Like like it's like Freddie Mercury and like like the the. The pythons are in it, like yeah. money, like there's just like these weird random cameos from every single person he's ever interacted with, and they're all somehow photorealistic and also completely Mike Allred art. Like it's just this like, and, but and, and phenomenal. And I don't there, understand. Their art fits in this universe because it's very like psychedelic. It's very sixties pop art. It's yeah. very um Warhol. Warhol. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. very Andy Warhol. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and to to give the Allreds something that's that's connected to Warhol. And just like go nuts. Oh, now that's stuck in my head. What? Andy Warhol, silver screen, <laughs> hanging on my wall. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you can catch Casey at the open mic. 
Uh, but yeah, no, the, it's it's absolutely beautiful art. They're, I feel like the Allreds are the only people that can really truly tell this story yeah. in this medium. I wouldn't want anyone else to tell this story. I love um, I, right around the time that Bowie died of. I, you probably caught this too. There's a couple issues of Silver Surfer where Bowie is like a background character. Yeah, yeah, like it's all the like the um Lazarus where he's got like the the like uh bandages over his eyes. Yeah, I'm like why there's a Bowie in there? The, the, Bowie shows up in 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 his art a lot. Like yeah. there's a there's a really great Madman cover where he's Ziggy Stardust. Nice. It's it's really. <laughs> enjoying the hell out of this uh casey happened managed to get me a copy i don't think you have a copy of this i yet. don't have a copy yet we, is... we we had one copy come to our store and someone else grabbed it well they, it was just it's diamond's fault it's a whole thing i don't want to talk crap on diamond but like this is the entirely diamond's fault and i i'm mad at them but uh yeah you got the one copy we got <laughs> <laughs> well thank you casey you're welcome but uh aside from that um top pick this week is steeple number five we've covered every issue of this so far by john allison uh still loving it yeah i haven't got a chance to read this uh, tell me about it oh well all right <laughs> so um we start off with uh the reverend is like on on holiday with a friend of his um doesn't really play into this other than the reverend's not around okay um he needed a break after the sexual assault he experienced in the last issue yeah <laughs> uh we so then we we cut to uh Billy's back at the house. Um, she's trying to write a sermon. There's a bunch of crinkled up papers everywhere. And Mrs. C is bringing in like some of her stuff, like all of her boxes. And there's this great moment where she holds up a, a poster of John Wick. And she's like, where do you want this portrait of the devil hanging? <laughs> <laughs> I want a John Wick poster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is it? Let me see what the John Wick poster looks like. Oh, that's gr- I want that poster. Yes. I want him illustrating John Wick as yes. a poster. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> like I can I can only imagine the Well, she goes, uh, it's it's not the devil, it's John Wick. He's a very pious missionary. And, and Mrs. C goes, I can only imagine the missionary work he would do with him. <laughs> and then she goes, I like the frame. <laughs> I mean, same though. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh billy's kind of having this crisis of faith um where she's trying to to kind of find her place in her own faith and within this 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 church as Mm -hmm. well so there's a lot of this city surrounded by witch cults and uh monsters that spawn from the deep she's (laughs) she's being tempted but um so she kind of she kind of shoes mrs c out so that she can you know get some work done and then but Mrs. C's like, oh well, no, I got to do some vacuuming. She's like, oh, I'll do it. And then she pushes Mrs. C out, and Mrs. C's like, oh god, she's gonna find out that it's enchanted. <laughs> that that I got my vacuum cleaner enchanted. And then we kind of flash back to uh, Mrs. C. Well, first of all, we we cut to this really great panel of Billy vacuuming, and it's like a a bunch of her like in different positions, and she's singing uh, "Working on a Coal Mine," <laughs> which I thought was great. That is fun. Uh, I don't know if it's the original version or the Devo version, but in my head, it's of course the Devo version. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we we flash- how about you sing that one? Because I already sang once. Not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> we flash back to when Mrs. C dropped the vacuum off at this witchy shop, and uh, the witches are just like, "What are we gonna do with this vacuum? It's pretty, it's pretty messed up." And they're like, "Well, we're just gonna put, um, we'll just duct tape it back together, and we'll put 
a, a glamour on it so that it looks like it's all brand new. <laughs> and we're also going to curse it to make um make whoever uses it feel inadequate about their house cleaning. Yeah, because they thought she uh they didn't like Mrs. C because she was like stubborn or like because she was so religious. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, let's. That is my worst nightmare uh, to be inadequate at house cleaning oh god that's... it says yeah uh, free her from the tyranny of the woman's war on dust <laughs> uh oh that's a uh, poison yeah poison the voice in her head so uh when she touches it so yeah okay. oh and then uh it'll also doubt make her doubt her calling oh so you know we cut back to Billy, Billy using it. Yeah, going like this vacuum's terrible. It's not picking anything that... up. What a waste of time. It's just what am I even doing here? This secular word doesn't even need priests anymore. And she's all, and like also like green like ectoplasm stuff is like just spiraling out of the yeah. vacuum more and more. <laughs> and then she's like, Oh, just to be evil for a day. And she goes, Piece of shit, you piece of shit. And then she starts like smashing the vacuum. And then all of a sudden the whole room erupts in flames. <laughs> And uh, Satan pops up, this, like, giant, like, night on Bald Mountain version of Satan. Yeah, the the um, t- Tim Curry from Legend. Yeah, basically. This happens every time I use a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not allowed to do yeah. housework. That's why I'm only allowed to do housework. That's, that's, I mean, look at the state of the place. <laughs> uh, uh, the house is immaculate. I hang out with <laughs> Satan all the time. But, so Satan goes, you are mine. You have always been mine. So she runs out of the house. And this is my favorite part of this book. She goes, Christ alive, Satan is a very beefy boy. <laughs> the beefy boy. Beefy boy. <laughs> So we come back to the Church of Satan and uh, this uh, this this bearded guy who is just he's me. He's, <laughs> you finally come to terms. Yeah, he's he's playing a guitar and he keeps singing the line "A dove painted as a crow." And uh, <laughs> Maggie's painting his toenails. <laughs> is this is this us? <laughs> it might be. Can I paint your toenails? <laughs> you can't paint my toenails. Um. Yeah, that's 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 weird. Cause I'm cause I'm Maggie. Well, we already figured out I'm Maggie. <laughs> but also, I, there's a line. It's like, uh, don't write a song about it. Like, yeah, she's like, she's like, look, it. Um, so Brian having an existential crisis. I told you, uh, what the the head witch called me in confidence. Don't write a song about yeah, it. What does Dove painted as a crow mean? Well, they said that in the last issue when they yeah. they, they they did a tarot reading. Of Billy, and they're like, "Oh, you you have some darkness in you." And then they're like, well, oh, okay. "And then Maggie's and Maggie's like, do one for me." And they're like, "We know what you are. You're a dove painted as a as a crow because she's oh, she's a good person gotcha, pretending gotcha. to be a Satanist yeah. or pretending no, to be." No, I'm more Billy in this, but just this character design and his mannerisms <laughs> is just it's me. It's weird. Uh-huh. Like I read this, go like, how does this guy? <laughs> you need to get shorter spoons. Well, yeah. <laughs> But because he goes, just because you're chaotically aligned doesn't mean you're you're pure evil. Um, you can't help being nice to people. I, I don't think Satan really cares that you're you want to do good in the world. Thank you. But, just putting uh, milk in. But the meanwhile, he box. has a whole cereal box that he's just pouring a whole thing of milk in, and then he has a really long spoon that he's eating. Yo, it also, with. is he eating Crave? Because that is the tastiest cereal ever made. Yeah. Have you ever had Crave? I haven't because like it's so good. Like, it's yeah, not good for you. It's not. But, like, neither is Fruit Loops. Try this one next. <laughs> yeah, I will. You know, next time, <laughs> next time I sit down and watch my... rack, Wacky Races, I'll... Uh... They're DuckTales. <laughs> They're DuckTales. <laughs> oh, man, that Wacky Races was also a great adult comic. <laughs> oh, yeah, the DC... Wacky Raceland. Oh, wow, they did that? Yeah. yeah they did. 
Back when they were doing like Flintstones yeah. and like uh, Future Quest and like yeah, yeah. I need to get my hands on that. Oh man, <laughs> it's great. But anyway, he convinces uh, Maggie to just kind of go for a walk and and think about it, and mm-hmm. she runs into to Billy, and they sit down, they have coffee together, and they're both kind of talking about the same thing, how they're they're kind of having a crisis of faith. Billy's talking about how she's she ha- she's had this proclivity towards darkness her whole life mm-hmm. and she became a curate to kind of overcompensate okay and and try to try to get on the good graces of god and maggie has just tried to do good all her life and it never got her anywhere and that kind of drove her to to satanism <coughs> it's 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 you and me casey <laughs> <laughs> shit just at me next time right? steeple <laughs> yeah it's it's so weird um but yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, no crisis of faith here on the Satanist side, because I'm just going to continue to be a good person because that's my selfish uh, addiction but, but is the, just being this, a good person. This thing that Billy's going through, I, I absolutely went through. Like, oh, I yeah. always had this proclivity to darkness and it drove me towards religion. And then religion drove that me even <laughs> further towards darkness. Oh, yeah. I have a I have a Christian tattoo. Did I tell you about that? I used to teach Sunday school. What? Damn, look at us. Look right. at us now. Right. Look at how far we've come. This is the glow up. <laughs> I feel like is. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh, but, um, so B- Billy goes, What would you do if you were me? And Maggie goes, You get one life, do what thou wilt. Hey, right. They had to get in some Crowley in there somewhere, you know? <laughs> so, um, Mrs. C's, you know, kind of walking around and, uh, she runs into someone. They're like, "Did you get your hair done?" She's like, "Oh, just a trim." <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes home to find the the vacuum destroyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, "Well, that was money wasted." And she goes to uh, to see Billy, only to find that all of her stuff is gone. And there's a note left, um, basically saying, "Like, look, I- I've thought about this and I've prayed on this, and you know, uh, I I can serve our parish in a different, more modern capacity." <clears throat> and then just in that moment maggie shows up saying i need sanctuary what so Ma- maggie uh reveals that she she used to be like um an activist yeah an activist like uh, chaining herself up to, to places and laying in front of bulldozers and that sort of thing and then she <laughs> was this is, getting, this is getting ridiculous. Finally, I can live without thinking about microplastics. Yeah, but she said she couldn't like, turn her conscience off. It was terrible. And then she oh kind of had like a reverse baptism and, you know. Uh, literally had like a massive breakdown about that last night. I can't turn my conscience off and it's ruining my life. <laughs> well, have you, have you thought about our Dark Lord Satan? <laughs> Not enough, clearly. <laughs> Uh, I just like can't watch the debates. That's all it is. But yeah, so basically, her her conscience is back, and she can't. She just can't stand it. So she's like, "Can is there anything I can do around here to help you guys?" And then Mrs. C gives her the note that Billy left, and she goes, "Billy, you beautiful owl faced imbecile." <laughs> what a good compliment insult, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, they're like, you know, we we have to go help her because Billy's basically is going to the the church of satan yeah to go through the same thing Mm -hmm. and they're like well we got to help her and then they open the door and and the cemetery is crawling with mermen (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah remember those things were the very first issue the the one the back ones are like making out (laughs) 
are they? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, they are. <laughs> but uh, so it turns out that the truce that Billy called just uh, showed the mermen that they were weak and they've been plotting <laughs> this uprising. Which is also another important factor as to why, or like another like thing that the showing the priest not being there yeah the, the priest wasn't yeah. there like they're scared of the priest and he left on holiday and now yeah, they're like right. ah we can finally so, take over so, uh mr c hands goes to hand maggie this gold uh diamond encrusted axe because <laughs> here take this uh the reverend always thought this one was too fancy <laughs> but uh he liked his cudgel right. he's classic but Maggie just decides to ride her motorcycle into one of them and then ends up just throwing it off of a cliff. Jesus. And she's like, no, do you have any idea how many payments I had left on that? <laughs> so then uh, after making short work of the Burmen, uh, Maggie runs to to try to dissuade Billy uh, from joining the the Church of Satan. And Billy's like, look, you know, I've I've made up my mind. This is this is. You know, I'll I'll call you essentially. Yeah. And uh, this Anton Lavey looking guy goes, "If you ever show your face here again, I'll cut your heart out and make you eat it." And Maggie's like, "Not before I stick it up your arse, Tom." <laughs> Tom. Tom. <laughs> so yeah, so Billy's joining the uh, the dark side, and th- so then we cut to the following day. Maggie's still hanging out around the parish, and uh, the Reverend comes back to find the the place in shambles. And to find that Maggie's joined and she has a, she made a big sign that says Church of Satan equals failing cult. <laughs> God damn. So she's, she's going back to her activist ways. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I broke the, the cardinal rule, cardinal pun intended get, yeah. um, I'm sorry. And, uh, but I broke the rule and I, I read the last page without yeah. having read the whole book. Cause you were like, this issue's bad. And well, cause like, I just know oh. she quit. That's all I got from the last page. I'm just like, what? No. It's... Well, like the, the, the Church of Satan lost Maggie, but they gained Billy. Yeah. But no, but Maggie quit Church of Satan. Yeah, I know. I know you, you like Maggie. <laughs> I am Maggie. <laughs> it's but I, but it's I, becoming a problem. It's, it's so funny how we both relate to these two characters so <laughs> feminine so perfectly yeah. i just don't like billy leaving because of goddamn vacuum <laughs> yeah it, well that that's the thing too it's not really billy leaving on her own volition it's it's this yeah the other charm. forces at, at work that are... and, there, and there's other forces at work driving maggie out of the church of satan too yeah. so yeah because it's all the other the 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 bitchy mean girl witches that were like you're not yeah. One of us. I just wanted them on the same side. Yeah, right. I, mean, I just the, want them the... to kiss. <laughs> Can they just kiss? But like... I thought I thought this was the last issue. I guess it's the last issue of this story. It says arc. to be continued. Question mark. <laughs> so but, hopefully. But yeah, like I, 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 the takeaway I get from this is just be yourself and don't let anyone else try to. Yeah, maybe joining a religion is the problem in general. Yeah, just kind of the conclusion that you and I have both come to. Yeah, we we had that conversation after we went to the uh, the Satanic Black Mass, and we were both like, "This is kind of dumb. This is kind of stupid as but, hell." But for me, like like I, it, sitting in a, a Satanic Black Mass, I was like, "This feels dumb because this feels like I'm in church." Again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just it's the same thing with the. It's but, still church. Yeah, and like I supported a lot of the like the activist stuff that they were doing, but when they started just being edge lord suing Twitter, I'm just like, "Come on!" Like I didn't. And, you you literally just became that's what the Westboro Baptist Church does. And, All they do is sue people, and, and it's like you're just up, the satanic version of Westboro Baptist Church. Get out of here. They ended up. Um, I don't want to say ruining because it's still a great show, but they they knocked um 
the chilling adventures of Sabrina kind of off balance. Yeah, because the they used the Baphomet. Yeah, uh, and they got like, they sued them. They sued Netflix into oblivion. Yeah, and then the second Stupid. season, the church, the the dark church was like the villain. Yeah, Mm-mm. and like it became like the patriarchy. And yeah, all this other stuff, and it was like. Man, can I can I just have something where Satan isn't the villain? Like, can I have some representation? Can I just have that? Like, because he's not a bad guy. I feel like the best representation we have in media right now. Um, I, I'm 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 really kind of coming out of my shell here on this episode. <laughs> but I feel like the 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 best uh representation we have in media is Gilfoyle on uh oh on the Silicon Valley. On Silicon Valley. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's he's awesome. <laughs> he's a little snarky asshole. He's, he's still kind of a prick. Yeah, of course. But he's not because like, we're not. But he's not the villain of the story. No, and exactly. Like, I, I I like getting that kind of representation in media. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't he's... know how I ended up here. <laughs> yeah, you're, just... you're outnumbered. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and 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 I I, I want to make this really clear. That's not to say that that. There, there isn't merit to to religion. There isn't oh, merit to Christianity because no, there absolutely totally is. Yeah, and so this this transitions perfectly into my book, Second Coming. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Second Coming number six. Uh, it's basically the um, buddy comedy with uh, Jesus Christ and Superman. S- Superman. His name is Sunstar, but uh, I'm just gonna call him Superman because we all know that it's supposed to be Superman. And sure. pr- basically, throughout the book, we find out that. Um, I talked a lot about the first issue and then I haven't because like for the other ones, because I, I just didn't want to keep repeating like this book is so good and just like saying the same <laughs> thing over and over um, because it's always been good for the same reason that it's like it's theological philosophy is both taking the piss out of religion and showing why it's beautiful. Like, uh, yeah, it's a uh, Mark Russell and. Uh, wait, hold on. It's, it's a preview on the back for something else. It's uh, Richard Pace is the artist. Um, yeah, so it's uh, Mark Russell and Richard Pace did the art in that one. And yeah, so basically it's the, the buddy comedy and um, God sends his only begotten son to go hang out with Superman <laughs> because he thinks his son is, let's face it, kind of a pussy. Soft. Yeah, exactly. S-A-W-F-T. Yeah, soft. So yeah, so he's basically like, yeah, my, my son, you know, is he preaches all this like love and forgiveness and like, I'm all about like might makes right. So uh, go teach him. You're all about might makes right, Superman. So how about you teach him how to be a tough guy? And <laughs> so he comes down and basically we come to find out that, that Jesus is actually on earth for his own volition because he knows God has abandoned humans. He knows that God has abandoned earth and he wants to prove to his dad that mankind is ultimately good. It's worth saving. That's worth saving. Yeah. And then that like they wouldn't make the same mistake of crucifying him a second time. And that, and God is very nervous because he, you know, he, he puts on this like bravado of being a tough guy, but ultimately he loves his son. He doesn't yeah. want his son to get hurt. That's why he abandoned humanity because how dare you touch my son? Right. You know, don't ever talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that meme came from. <laughs> yes, exactly. The first meme. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, you know, on the other flip side, Superman, we've kind of been like, he's got some like toxic masculinity issues going on where he's kind of like, like. His wife had a, uh, or his his girlfriend had like a stalker, and he like kind of blew it out of proportion. We when she told him to leave it alone and killed the wrong person, and like, you know, kind of was, has learned the error of his ways of like, oh, maybe might doesn't make right. Like maybe Jesus has something has a point here that like a softer touch is you know needed. And um, he's been having like marital trouble or like you know spousal trouble, and uh, 
they've been ha- trying to have a kid this whole time and then trying to adopt and all of it's failing all of it's like kind of gone wrong so they've decided instead of all that let's just be happy with who we are and get married so that's where we're at we're at this like they're um you know about to get married kind of deal um we see a flashback of uh jerusalem you know back in the day the, the last temptation of christ where you know basically satan is trying Willem to Defoe. yeah <laughs> love that movie um <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, you almost had me, you know, you, you know. but it's tempting uh, as it may be to throw myself off the temple, I just can't, you know, like like having that conversation. Um, I can't expect God to come to my rescue every time I get in trouble. I don't want him to, you know, and this is, you know, back in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And, uh, oh, man, there's a really good conversation, um, you know, cuts back to, to Sunstar, and he's kind of in, he's in his group therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's talking about... Um, you know, every day, you know, he, he saves on average 20 lives a day and his wife wants to go on a honeymoon for two weeks. And he's like, that's uh, 280 lives that are lost because I'm not working, you know, uh, Spider-Man syndrome. Yeah. And then so then the therapist is like, so what would you do? He's like, I compromised. I, I, I gave her 140. So like he just he took one week off and just like settled for only letting 140 people die oh my gosh yeah i was like Whoa, okay uh and there's a lot of moments you think like you that. could set up like an answering machine or something <laughs> you know there, there should be other there should be batman in this universe batman, batman. <laughs> ba- get, get batman about it yeah, get stingray to just help you <laughs> save everyone um but it, <laughs> get get robot the the yeah, he's rowing the bot. He'd save everyone. God, <laughs> robot. Uh, yeah, this this book. My favorite thing about this book, and well, you know, I'm gonna get to the actual like instances. It goes so perfectly between like just asinine comic book dummy stuff that's so funny and like heavy like philosophy. It's it's brilliant. And and um, so we go back to Jerusalem, and it's uh, you know two thousand years ago, and he's he's performing his miracles and uh. You know, he's basically Judas is kind of like, yo, man, you could turn water into wine for just like a week and we would be set like it would fund your entire mission. Like you wouldn't have to we wouldn't have to be scrounging for pennies to eat. You know, like you could just you could charge it. You don't have to always charge. But like, you know, we're trying to like he's basically being the accountant of the apostles and he's just trying to like make it work and jesus is like you're not getting it man dude i kicked over a bunch of tables (laughs) one time yeah it's not about that so we kind of see how like jesus or how judas is like just really trying to you know they call him ethically dubious (laughs) because he's just trying to do what's best for them which might be you know a little bit i always thought about that every time i saw a church bake sale (laughs) oh yeah it's like jesus would kick this table right over (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't call that the same as like collecting taxes <laughs> tithing <laughs> it's like what would jesus do he would kick this hoagie tray right off <laughs> oh yeah and then uh he's just be like you want fish <laughs> here i'll give you some fish then the guy's like we gotta cook it though and like oh that's a lot of work those were already made those hoagies just destroyed them right well, out. now we just have raw fish and bread now we have to bake hoagies <laughs> yeah uh, and then yeah the, the absurdity you know kicks back in and we cut back to in, in a jungle somewhere and he's he the basically the legion of doom this like m- monkey ape evil ape no, like, like gorilla grod it's like gorilla grod character he kind of um he has the the largest uh stash of 
kryptonite. Let's call it kryptonite. He has a different word for it, but it's kryptonite. The only thing that can hurt him. He's got the largest stash of that in the world. So he's like, I'm going to knock that out. And then those dudes can't ever hurt me again. Win, win. And uh, so he breaks in and has this like really well, silly. He ta- no, he, he, th- he, <laughs> he throws a dummy. He throws a dummy him at their cannons. <laughs> and they just, they think they blow him up. Yeah. And but then, he's got like a whole suitcase. He's got like a whole like, like suitcase of dummy him. There's like 20. <laughs> and then he, he just puts on like a delivery boy like suit and walks up to the front door and he's just like, did anyone order a fruit tray? <laughs> he's like, how about a nice plate of bees? Then he opens it up and he's getting attacked by bees. <laughs> and he's like, what kind of monster are you? Is it monster with bees? <laughs> Dude, that joke will always land. Oh, it's so good. Always. Oh, yeah. Love it. Um, so yeah, they surrender. And then we go back to to Judea 2,000 years ago. And it's the you know the conversation with, with, with uh, Judas again. There's... This, oh my god i'm just gonna read this little p- passage because he's talking about you know money um money is how the world bribes you to ignore your heart power is how they scare you into forgetting who you are and then one of the followers goes interesting such beautiful words jesus but say when it comes to taxes are you saying we should follow our hearts and not pay them we should refuse to be scared and fight back when the romans come to collect them and jesus is like you listen just enough to misunderstand it doesn't matter who holds the money or the spear. Money itself is betrayal of your heart. To hold the spear is to live in fear. I like that you listen just enough to misunderstand. So good. And that's how I feel about the, all of Christianity. I you know what I mean? That. There's so many little lines where it's just like, fuck, that's it. Like, that's, that's, that, that sums it up so yeah. simply. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah, I feel like it, it's just that extrapolated for 2,000 years is what Christianity is. Or it's, it's like, Oh, well, Leviticus, whatever, said that gay people are bad. And it's just like, you are not listening <laughs> to love thy neighbor, man. Yeah. Like, you're just missing it, you know? No, but, but it's, it's, that, it's that, well, sin is sin, so... It's all the same, yeah. obviously. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Um, but, but yeah, so, so that one really spoke to me in, like, a really poignant way. And, um, you know, we cut to the next, and it's... <laughs> here we are back again. It's their, their wedding night, and her, his wife is going... Ken, where have you been? Oh, just monkeying around. <laughs> she's like, you've been killing apes, weren't you? <laughs> monkeying around. <laughs> like, she's so mad. In fact, you were killing apes. I get it. Um, oh, gosh. So they get married, and, um, you know, Jesus is kind of like, you know, at, at the reception, kind of talking to, to Superman about, like, he's trying to start a new religion, because clearly mankind has kind of gotten it all wrong, and he just wants to re-spread his word again. He's, try- he's trying to proselytize you know the real word because they've kind of lost their way <laughs> well i mean who would better know the word of jesus than you know jesus jesus yeah exactly and he's he's on a bowling league that's the other part that's his that's his apostles right now is a bowling i love it <laughs> that's the first people you can get to the, follow. the holy rollers yeah <laughs> i hope that's a joke <laughs> Uh, <laughs> god damn it you need to at mark russell right now in that season two of, of <laughs> uh second coming um but no yeah so he goes he goes to superman he's like i'm a little he's like uh what are you gonna do superman superman says like what are you gonna do with the apartment for all, all to yourself for a week and he's like i don't know probably just have some a few followers over and uh superman uh, he's, he's like he's on little- twitter <laughs> yeah right got a couple followers and then Jesus is like, I'm a little nervous, to be honest. I haven't started a religion in 2,000 years. Any advice? And Superman's like, 
Never hurts to have a veggie tray. <laughs> Kill someone the first day. <laughs> we gotta show them it's prison rules. <laughs> gotta show them that you're alpha. Um, so yeah, so then and then he gives them a little like button that's basically like if you need anything, press this button and I'll oh you know hear it and I'll pop up. And uh, <laughs> his new religion is called Church of Jesus Christ, the Latchkey Kid. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's so good. The latter, latter day saints. Yeah, exactly. Um, the even later day saints. Yeah. Oh, and then we go back two thousand years ago again, and we really see Judas. And Judas is like, he's like, okay, so yeah, every time you know Jesus gets caught by the Romans, he gets he gets out of it. He talks his way out of it. So it's like you know we we play this game where we keep getting caught. So basically, this comic supposes that Judas gave up jesus on purpose just to get the silver knowing that jesus was going to get out of it that's a popular theory yeah and then and and that's why he killed himself yeah because jesus is like he's like you just don't get it like yeah yeah uh and even says like no jesus it's not me you've you have betrayed but your own heart like it's like you you, it's not gonna work this time because you didn't get the point like you missed the point so so far gone this whole time that like I have to do this you know um I really like that I never heard that theory I like that I've, a lot. I've also heard a theory that that um Jesus actually pulled Judas aside and went here's what's gonna happen yeah I have heard that theory where he told Ju- Judas to to betray him quote, and he's quote. like it'll it'll work out trust me mm-hmm. and then when it didn't immediately work out Judas was like what did I do fuck <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really like that because yeah, he legitimately thinks he's doing the right thing. Which honestly, like, I I feel like mega churches making just like a shitload of money probably had the right thing in mind in the first place, and then just got lost in the trap of just being obscenely rich. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. kind of how I read this, where he's just kind of like, no, we just we gotta get money to, to to do the right thing. It's just you know, just a couple pieces of silver just to get us by. You know? And it's like that's the slippery slope, man. It doesn't. I actually, I I I met um. The, one of the people who discovered the lost manuscript of the Gospel of Judas. Oh shit! Uh, I was I was Wait, going how what? <laughs> I, I um when I was in college, my minor was religious studies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Weirdly enough, um, <laughs> I wonder wonder how we've fallen down this rabbit hole so severely. RJ, are you still with us? <laughs> like I'm just a... calling an exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just had two of these books in a row. But um, part of my part of my curriculum, I was actually in a New Testament class, the only class I ever got an F in. By the way. <laughs> Um, so I'm not really good. You can take my word for it or not knowing that, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, maybe we shouldn't be covering these books. I was going to school in Long Island and there was, a, a it was kind of like a storage wars situation where there was this, this locker, a storage locker that had been auctioned off in Long Island that contained this old manuscript. What? And it was one of the guys who was in charge of like translating it and and everything else. It was fascinating. Shit. That is super but, fascinating. But yeah, that that's one of the theories Long Island that comes. Yeah, right. It's worth at least Hicks, a few pieces of silver. Hicksville, Long Island, man. <laughs> Damn, maybe there was something to those Mormons. No, just kidding. I'm not. I don't even want to make that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I said it. I regret everything. Um, but yeah. So then we then we we cut back to um you know uh, jesus kind of having his his veggie tree meeting and we see like his like eight or so like bowling members followers and then there's just like 10 dudes with like red hats and trench coats on you're just like that's a little 
hmm. Don't like that. Don't like that. And then, you know, as he's as he's preaching, um oh, there's so many good things here. Um I used to be a strong believer in faith, but now I see faith like childhood as just another form of Stockholm syndrome. I'm here to tell you that a world doesn't need your faith and needs conviction. If you only believe something because you think God wants you to, but you don't really believe it. In a way, it's the opposite of faith. Damn. Yeah. Like this is heavy shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This guy, this is this was a heavy episode for no reason. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, we everyone. <laughs> we should have planned. We should have staggered. Can these we trigger warning this before? We might have to. <laughs> um, faith binds you together and gives you confidence that you're doing the right thing, but you have to have faith in someone. Is is? But to have faith in someone is to hand them a knife. I guess what I'm trying to say is choose wisely whom you give a knife. And then, the next panel is. The dudes all rip their trench coats off, and it's they're all wearing like warriors of strength shirts. And Satan pops up, and he's like, "Yo, what's up? I'm here to kill you!" Because like he like basically abandoned my boy. Yeah, basically, uh, a God was gonna give Satan an, a, another try, and then kind of said psych at the last minute oh. in the last uh, issue. Um, so Satan is is real real butthurt about it, and coming to kill Jesus to prove to God that God was right all along, and and like humans aren't worth anything and basically just he wants to destroy everything because he's just like this sucks well, because he's satan yeah but yeah. like specifically because god was going to give him another shot and then changed his mind mm. and he's just he's just super like hurt like he's he's jealous of of humans and jesus and he's hurt like and so he's he's lashing out real here hard. we are yep. satan is the villain of the story I know, I know i mean i agree he's he's been a very I, we should talk about the last issue but he i think there's like one of those huge weeks where there's everything out mm. at once um but he, he, they wrote it in a in a very relatable way like mm. it, you know he's just like i just was doing what you told me to like i was just another pawn in your game and i i never wanted to this you know god's, like god's kind of a dick yeah that's the whole you know eventual prick <laughs> um it's okay because he, he throws a gutter ball later and, so he you does, know, he, sucks he, does. At bowling. he sucks at bowling it's great um so then we see satan with the veggie tray and uh <laughs> he probably he probably dipped a piece of celery like eight times <laughs> One of those, just, just, just a double just like, dipper, just vehemently, the most evil in front of everybody. <laughs> Licks his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ew. He just takes a whole side of the dipping and is like, "Was this not? Is this not okay?" <laughs> this is not what <laughs> like, just to do. scoops it out. Um. So yeah, then and then uh, you know, basically, Satan admits that he's trying to just burn it all down because he's just sick of it. And yeah, and he had a conversation with Jesus earlier in another issue that if Jesus dies this time, God is ready to just wipe everyone. Oh, did I not mention that? That's a crucial oh. <laughs> plot. Jeez, well, yeah. that's, uh, that puts some stakes on the table. Yeah, there's some yeah. stakes here, yeah. So basically, he, he wants to kill Jesus because it, it's all over if, if he kills Jesus. God was just going to say this was a failed experiment and end it. Um, and so... So yeah, so so Jesus hits the Superman button. He's like, "Oh shit, this is bad." <laughs> it's under the table. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, he goes, "He's got he... his Jimmy Olsen watch." <laughs> Jesus um, is the best Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's pal, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Olsen. Uh, so Superman pops in, like wearing boxer shorts. He's like, "Jesus, what's going on in here?" And, Jesus um, Christ, what's going on in here? <laughs> and uh, we find out why he 
he broke into the reserve of all the kryptonite. It's because it was a diversion for Satan to actually get the kryptonite, and they put kryptonite chains on him. And they're like, ah, we gotcha. So they, they neutralize Superman. So it's literally just Satan with the knife about to kill Jesus. And Jesus just takes like a little charcuterie knife. It's a pickle it's a pic- knife. It's a pickle knife. It's like a little tiny like like <laughs> cheese spreader knife and just stab Satan with it. Which we go back Damn. to careful who you give the knife. That's I love that like little like yeah. immediate like foreshadowing of, of be careful who you hand the knife. I like him dying by a pickle knife. <laughs> I like Jesus standing up for himself. Yeah, too. exactly. It's also it's also it, like a really like uh, specific style of art, and then the pickle knife just stands right out. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, and yeah, and and I it, as he's doing, he says, "Forgive me." Um, yeah, and then and, and and Satan says, "Like my existence, my very purpose for being, I can feel it all coming to an end." Thank you. And then that's how he dies. It's just like that's all he really wanted was he to be set him free. He wanted to be free of this bullshit of like having to be the bad guy, you know? And um yeah, and then, and then Jesus is like, I gotta go. This week everyone, got a lot to process. Everyone leave. And um and, you know, it cuts to bowling again. And it, yeah, God is really bad at bowling. <laughs> he gets gutter ball immediately. Um, I I like this line too. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna read the whole book at you. Does it? Does it? Uh, is there thunder when he bowls? <laughs> There's kind of like uh little firecrackers when they when they <laughs> high five. <laughs> like she the 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 Superman's wife bowls a a strike and he's like, <laughs> all right, God, the Lord is with you and high fives her. <laughs> I love that. But uh, and she misses her next shot. <laughs> Damn it! You're um, a jinx, God. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, him and Jesus and God are basically like processing this. He's just like, what's wrong, son? It's like, I was wrong, dad. I was wrong about everything. Um, and God, you know, a couple more panels later says like, I failed, I failed too, too many times to count. Maybe there is no right answer. Maybe we all have, maybe all we have is a bunch of situationally dependent overlapping failures, but you have to come up with a, but you came up with a new wrong answer, a uh, one that completely changed the world. Do you have uh, any idea how hard that is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the whole purpose of religion, like family, is to make people feel loved and inadequate at the same time. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And then they have like this bonding, like I, I love you, son. I love you, dad. Which you know was kind of been missing through the whole thing because they're kind of like antsy at each other. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's beautiful. This book is great. And um, so I I, I tweeted at Mark Russell and and uh, Richard Pace and Ahoy Comics, uh, the publisher kind of be like mentioned offhandedly that it's the end of the buddy comedy and i was really sad to see it go did you mention the baby did mention- oh yeah i forgot because be- <laughs> so Ad- as god is like wait i did forget that part so as god is leaving he's like i left you a little surprise uh and he got he he, he left uh- him a fruit basket it just <laughs> appears out of nowhere and then his wife comes back from the bathroom is like i'm pregnant oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally yeah two <laughs> presents really um, it's also a cross <laughs> and it says knocked up on the, on the oh god um oh yeah because she's sick the whole time they're bowling too she like runs off the puke so it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah no so I, so I tweeted at the all the creators and i was like oh you know sadly it's the end of the buddy comedy but it's really good everyone should go read it and ahoy like unofficially officially said like don't worry see, uh season 2 of second coming is coming out like yeah, they stay retweeted tuned. us to announce that that was rad yeah and they're like stay like tune in here to this retweet for the official announcement that's our like, claim to fame yeah we did it guys we did it. i think we made it and then uh i don't know if goodbye any- everybody <laughs> 
we quit. <laughs> we reached going our peak, out on but, top. But we, we so today's Friday, um, the Friday before this episode comes out, and we had a wild day yeah. on social media. Because well, the other thing, my other, my other, really, <laughs> if anyone's read Mister Miracle, there is a pivotal moment <laughs> in Mister Miracle by Tom King, and Mitch Gerards, in which uh, Mister Miracle and Big Barda fight uh, Dark Side with a veggie tray. <laughs> All of the sit like and, the and then uh, yeah you 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 tweeted about that and he responded that was the that that was my like I really need the answers if this yeah. is like a purposeful thing and and Mark Russell's just like no completely coincidence but I do hope that veggie trays become a comic book trope and then later on Tom King kind of vague tweeted like you know I I was I wasn't sure how this script I'm writing was gonna go and then I woke up this morning and I knew exactly what it was and I immediately <laughs> messaged Casey I was like I bet I bet you it's a veggie if tray. strange adventures has a veggie tray I'm gonna lose <laughs> my mind I'm gonna lose my mind about that book anyway because I can't wait for strange adventures but <laughs> I'm so excited for that veggie tray bro um we but- did it <laughs> <laughs> and then uh we we had a, a nice little back and forth with sophie campbell over turtles yeah, she, 101 she, we got some things wrong ooze. yeah Tur- yeah about she, turtle ooze. she and uh do you have the the listener on hand we didn't uh, get things oh, wrong we just didn't know yeah she and and, well, and a we fellow things wrong but like, <laughs> yeah we got it wrong we, we just, were we were rambling so uh shout out to uh red venture who set us straight about what utram ooze can exactly. be. It, it was just more us rambling about us not knowing about the like different uses of ooze yeah so they and different uh, things and sophie set us straight yep oh my yep. god uh, I, we have There's brand more. new updates now about <laughs> with sophie uh yeah it's great yeah it, it's 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 so much fun to really be able to communicate with these creators it's uh you know 2020 man it's wild the future is now this is nuts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just interacting with uh the the people we admire I, I i what i've learned through this podcast is comic book creators like we mentioned in tweets yeah that is that's very true uh, <laughs> they're very receptive to it's, it especially mark russell there have been two just like ridiculous questions i've asked him directly and he's been very <laughs> kind to answer them he has no there's no obligation to answer my stupid questions about wonder twins and, yeah. and yeah, the wonder twins one was funny that was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah I, it, yeah yeah so, RJ, get us the hell out of this topic. <laughs> you sure you don't want to stay in hell at least a little bit longer? I mean, I, I've got com- Cosmic Ghost Rider coming up, right. so we're headed <laughs> we're back. Right anyway, to hell soon. <laughs> we got the, uh, the final issue of Freedom Fighters. Oh, a lot, um, of, a lot of conclusions this week. Yeah. yeah. Steeple, Thank second God coming. <laughs> for my pull list. Not that that means anything, because it's just going to fill up with new number one. I thought anyway. you were going for a Thank God pun, because God, we haven't been talking about God. Yeah, we got to get off I mean, this topic. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, by Robert Venditti and Eddie Barrows. Um, so I've talked about this a little bit, but this is the, the final final conclusion. Um, so Hitler 2, son, has... Is he actually called Hitler 2? At some point, I think. <laughs> he... He's dead though. I like how we're like we're gonna we're gonna get out of religion for a while. It's like yeah. the first page. So Hitler too. So, so he's dead. Uh, Hitler too's son has killed him and um, left the the main base and uh, has triggered a nuke. Um, Dang. And then it cuts to uh, Uncle Sam just beating the shit out of Cyborg Uberman. <laughs> he's just demolishing him cyborg uberman yeah that's so uh, that's it's nazi superman that's a cyborg yes got it because Love the it. original one died um the first time the freedom fighters all died 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they, yeah, they they made a cyborg one. <laughs> As you do when a Superman dies, you got to make the cyborg one. So, <laughs> yeah, so cyborg. So he so he punches. He like keeps trying to punch him, and Uncle Sam is like dodging, and he's like, "You missed." You missed again. And he's like, here, I want to stand still for you. So he lets him punch him in the face and just nothing happens. <laughs> because uh, because Uncle Sam is powered by how much uh, people believe in America. So the revolution is kind of just ever since they, they broke free that like work camp in uh, Chicago, um, the revolution has just kind of like taken hold. So this is like post 9-11 patriotism, <laughs> like like fever, like like every like like American flags on every car window kind of level of patriotism that's happening right now. Yeah. It, so it's, he's, it's kind of a Tinkerbell a effect. Yeah. 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 You got to clap. Yeah. You got to believe in fairies. <laughs> uh, and then Uncle Sam, man, he just he messes him up. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a man. If you can call yourself one, I'm America. <laughs> Hundreds of millions of red, white, and blue-blooded citizens. Uh, Beautiful. It's like, this is you under the boot of the people. In my head canon, it's the voice of Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> and then- I thought you were going to say Sam Elliott, which would also no, be really good. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, uh, he's like, I'm, I'm the master race. And, and then he's, as his boot just crushes him, he's like, that was for the U.S. of A. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then it cuts to the, the other fighters and- they're going in to the uh, Black Condor got the Plastic Man serum. So he's kind of like a Plastic Man thing. And their plan was to infiltrate um, Hitler and like shapeshift into him. But Hitler's dead. So that plan failed. And they come across his, uh, his body. And Uncle Sam comes in and he's like, oh, their boss lost their noggin. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so they they get a like a video call from from the son and he's like you you fought well but you know I'm gonna have the last laugh because he he tells them about the, the the bomb and um so they decide that there's only one way to to take care of everything and that is to have human bomb blow up the nuke before it blows up but that might cost human bomb his life so. They're kind of saying goodbye, and uh, they they teleport out of there, and he there's like this big countdown, and he just explodes. But then they're they're watching everything from far away, and he he ends up making it. So oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was a nice bit of change. And then they're looking across the the world, and they see these other, uh, these other like. Uncle Sam type manifestations appear, and uh, it's Britannia in london marianne in paris and uh the golem of prague broke the concentration mega camp whoa so it was this big (laughs) golem dang yeah (laughs) he looks really cool (laughs) i mean all those look really cool (laughs) so yeah so that's it they kind of kind of won the day but there's one last thing which is the the sun so he he's Always uh, the son, sin- son of Hitler too, man. Yeah. That's how it always ends. So he's got, I guess, I guess it's <laughs> sure. I guess it's Hitler's head in a jar, and he's like sitting in bed. But then uh, he's like, "Good night." And then uh, Black Condor, who's like a plastic, who's a plastic man, just kind of comes like he's like the he was, bed, he's the bed, he's like oh, the God. bed frame, <laughs> and he just murders. He's like sleep tight, Ratsy, and he just murders him. And that's it. That's what, how it ends. What do you call him? 
Razzi. That's how they say Nazi through the whole thing. Oh, they don't actually call them Nazis? I guess so. Yeah. Or it's just kind of like a... Like, uh, the like, more derogatory like term than Nazi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, a Nazi they can copyright. Yeah, pretty much. It's Dang. got rat in there, so... <laughs> But that's fun. Yeah, it was a it was a nice nice uh, tie up. I I really liked it. So. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, I've been fun. hearing that this I love this, this team. Whole, this whole like twelve issue maxi series was awesome. That's uh, that's all I've been hearing. It's it's kind of like a, it's got a cult following. And it it ended with a relatively happy note. So yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, everyone free, loves freedom fighters. Don't get that often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone can get behind killing Nazis. Yeah, that's true. It's universal truth, right? <laughs> All right. Not to alienate any, uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> I will 100% no. alienate our Nazi listeners. <laughs> God, I hope we don't have any Nazi listeners. <laughs> I am here to alienate them. My life goal. Look, we're, in, we're trying to be inclusive. <laughs> so, I would like to talk about Cosmic Ghost Rider number two. Woo! I missed the first issue of this somehow, so um, I just, I've, I've messed up not reading anything this week. Fill me in, man. You're just the me. I'm the you this issue. I caught up for this. Yeah, I, <laughs> I read. a very interesting series. I read both issues back to back. So, uh, real quick catch up on, on who Cosmic Ghost Rider is. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Frank Castle. It has the spirit of vengeance. It, it, well, it was after Thanos destroyed the planet and he was the last person alive. And so he agreed to be the, the, the ghost rider. But like jokes on you, Mephisto knew you were the last human. And he made him immortal. Yeah, because the ghost rider is immortal. So, so he was the ghost rider for a dead planet for like a millennia. So he 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 has the spirit of vengeance. Mm-hmm. He also has the power cosmic mm-hmm. because he's a former herald of Galactus. Well, Thanos comes to him and he's like, "Yo, I need a herald." And and Cosmic Ghost Rider or just Frank Castle as Ghost Rider is just like, "I will do anything if you get me off this dead planet. Yeah. I don't care if you're Thanos. I don't care." I, he's just, he's completely lost his mind. He's, he's just yeah, isolation for a millennia has made him lose his mind. He's also not not your typical Frank Castle. No, it's he's because not, he's he's insane. He, yeah, he's not the, he's not the brooding emotionless Frank Castle. He's like Daffy Duck. As yeah, Frank he is Castle. a cartoon character. He's yeah. also lived forever. Right. Yeah, he's he also has honest. long gray hair, which I'm kind of kind of feeling yeah it's a good look (laughs) i'm into Uh, it but yeah so basically like thanos gets uh galactus's power and then because he has the power cosmic he gives frank castle as ghost rider the power cosmic that's how we get to cosmic ghost rider boom yeah so he's it's the punisher (laughs) ghost rider and silver surfer all rolled into one dude yeah but a completely different character than any of those other characters in a really fun way yeah yeah it's just it has me written all over it So the first issue is pretty funny. He breaks into this like, well, he doesn't break into, he just gets arrested and thrown <laughs> into this intergalactic jail just so he can just kill everyone inside. Cool. It's I mean, he's still the Punisher at the end of the day. <laughs> it's fucking dope. And then um uh he ends up befriending this this woman who she's kind of she's a space pirate. Mm-hmm. Um because he ends up on this ship of space pirates as well. Uh, and he kind of gravitates to her because he does the penance stare because he's about to kill her. Mm-hmm. And then realizes that she is a pure soul. She's oh. an actual character from Annihilation. Oh, neat. Yes. Uh, her name is something. Cammy. Cammy. <laughs> her name is obviously something. But uh, so she kind of, he, 
Frank kind of befriends her and and takes her on as a sidekick because he's trying to kind of protect this pure soul. At the same time, the the leader of the this space pirate gang that he just broke up, um, who's the Cosmic King, drops in on Mephisto, who's just in the middle of torturing someone to death, of course. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I have a need. And Mephisto's like, hey, long time no see. What can I do for you? Because Frank Castle's mortal soul. <laughs> he goes, what the hell? Uh, could you possibly what with that? He like has frank's soul so <laughs> that's where we leave off in the first issue okay all right uh the second issue this week's or last week's issue uh we open up on mephisto just post getting the shit beaten out of him dang and uh cosmic king with frank's soul so he's like got what i wanted yep bamps out of there gonna head out now yeah thanks then- bye uh, he goes back to his ship and there's this like lizard guy. He's like, oh, you're back. Uh, I've been looking for you. There's uh, some ugly business down in one of the drug mines. <laughs> and then Cosmic King grabs the this lizard guy and just rips him in half. Because <laughs> uh, the lizard guy gives him the unfortunate news that uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider is blowing up one of his drug mines. Uh, I hate it when that happens. Right? I hate it when they blow up my drug mines. <laughs> so we cut to uh, Ghost Rider and his new sidekick uh, peeling out. <laughs> and Frank's like, Murdering cartel cretins, just like the old days. <laughs> While this place is uh, blowing up behind them. Um, Classic action hero move. Yeah. Driving away in the, with the flames. And uh, it, uh, Cammy's like, you're a lot more excitable when your head's on fire. And he goes, is it everyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, they, uh, they make an escape. Um, there's this, con- this constant theme throughout. Where every time Cammy's about to kill somebody, Frank steps in yeah, and does it for her. Hilarious. Yeah, because she's she's uh, pure. Right? right. He wants yeah. to keep her pure. And he, he, wants well, he talks to, about that. Yeah. He wants to hold on to that. And then uh, he even uh, chains her up to the his the sidecar. <laughs> she's not happy. <laughs> While uh, he goes off to just kill a bunch of these freaking monsters is this water planet the same water planet from money shot it's like the exact same fish monster it looks like the same dudes oh shit i didn't um so this is uh oh no got too far into this so this is dennis hopeless and uh <laughs> scott hepburn this is why sean needs to be here we need sean so bad because he's that voice in our in our heads <laughs> yeah so he kills a bunch of guys on this uh water planet um <laughs> there's this really great moment because uh, it doesn't seem like these fishy pukes could hear me underwater <laughs> but i think they're catching my drift <laughs> so yeah so this this cosmic king is pissed off because frank's just killing everybody that you know he lords over mm-hmm. and then we have this great moment where they're in this uh this cosmic diner no finer diner no finer diner <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, they're they're again having this conversation of um you know she has this pure soul and she doesn't think so yeah. she's been this space pirate she's this badass she's yeah. you know everything else mm-hmm. he's like no you're perfect i can see what your soul is like yeah and then these these three bounty hunters walk in right behind him and uh she's like uh the three on my left are die hard that's all you i'll soften up the humanoids <laughs> 
And then we cut to them walking out of the diner as it's exploding. And she's like, you couldn't just let me shoot one guy? <laughs> He's like, look, I got you a doggy bag. It's chock full of those crack fries. <laughs> I wonder if they're disco fries. Yeah, I hope so. Mm. Some poutine. Ooh. So yeah, he chains her up again while he goes off to to kill some more of Cosmic King's dudes. He, he he's on this planet where uh, these people have been under their this, you know, oppression control, oppression forever, and he's just ripping people in half. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, he's like every now and again, a guy needs to get a little blood on him. <laughs> As one does, yeah. yeah. But uh, we find out Cammy got out of the chains, mm-hmm. and she gets onto this. Uh, I guess this other ship. She gets out of this. Uh, she breaks out of the chains. Um, when Ghost Rider took off, he kicked up a bunch of rocks, and she managed to grab one and bust it out of his oh, chains. Oh, nice! And floats onto this ship and just starts beating dudes up with these rocks until she gets a gun. And the whole time she's talking about like you know how she's her whole life she's been yeah. fighting. And, she won a death match at fourteen, right? Yeah. And uh, these guys radio to to Cosmic King the whole time. Like Cosmic King's on this, like he keeps calling into these these places that he has control over, and they're just getting killed, like on this <laughs> on this like big screen. So they they radio him, and he's like, "They're eating us alive. Get get here quicker. There'll be nothing left to save." Oh, um, b- before we was like, sometimes you got to get a little blood on you. This comes back to a, a question that that. RJ had last episode of why don't you just blow up the ship that everyone's on? That was Sean. Oh, that was Sean. <laughs> but he's like, I guess I could have blown it up. It would have been a hell of a lot quicker. It would have been a hell of a lot easier. But, you know, sometimes you got to get a little blood on Oh, uh, nice. Well, yeah, you got to address the, uh, get the elephant in the room. <laughs> so, yeah. So Frank just rips this, finally just rips the thing in half. It's awesome. The art in this is a lot of fun. Oh, it's yeah. really cool. It's, it's intense. Everything's got like a shininess to it. Um, and the the death scenes are great. Like he just smashes this guy's head with his bare hands. <laughs> All the while, like they keep having this argument of um, you know, how she's like, so you can kill people and I can't. And he's like, Look, my soul is destroyed. It, it, I love how it escalates too, because it starts with like, uh Oh, you you like you didn't let me kill him. It's like, oh, I guess I could have. But then it then it starts just like, no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you cannot. But he's like, look, my, my soul's already destroyed. Yours is perfect. And she's just like, this is nonsense. She's like, punishing intergalactic evil, protecting my innocence. None of this makes any sense. You're the punisher. You'll always be the punisher. There's no coming back from that. And he's like, you think I don't know that? <laughs> he's like, yeah. I, a contract I signed says as much. I can't ever atone. I, I don't even get to burn for my sins. Like, he's yeah. Fireproof, immortal. <laughs> he he'll never. He just gets to lose his mind and, and want to die. Killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it's 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 kind of like um, well, it's kind of like Silver Surfer in that sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, just doomed to doomed. this fate to like have to do my job because the universe needs it. But he says, uh, "True innocence is rare and a real and real damn delicate." So that's why he's kind of yeah. He's trying to protect this this woman because. He is doomed, and she's not, and yeah. she doesn't have to be. Yeah. If he can protect that in any way, he's going to at least try. Yeah. Um, Has she ever killed anyone before? I get the strong impression she's killed a lot of people, though. Yeah, but I, I guess know. it's only... Well, if her soul is innocent, then I guess uh, probably not. I guess. But, I mean, maybe just people that really deserved it. She dexter them? Did she just <laughs> I, I don't only know. ever kill people that are much worse than she is? <laughs> 
I don't know how any of this works. But uh, anyway, Cosmic King shows up. Um, oh, he's wild. Yeah, this he's, dude? This guy? Yeah. Whoa. That's a, that's a crazy character design. But he's like, he's like Frank Castle waxing about uh, protecting the innocent. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then he like kind of mutates into something worse. Yeah, I guess, that's, that's what I was looking he's at. He's got Frank's soul. Um, and he says nothing funnier than a monster trying to hide his fangs. And Frank's like, who's hiding Cosmic King? It's awesome. <laughs> so they, they square off. Um, he tries to kill Cammy. Uh, Frank kind of goes super Saiyan a little bit, but yeah. then um, she kind of goes floating off and gets sucked into a black hole and gets like spaghettified. Ooh, yeah, yeah, she did. And that's kind of where it ends. Ooh, that's uh, so to be continued. What a cliffhanger! It's also strange because the first one had a timeline where Cosmic Ghost Rider was meeting f- actual Punisher. Oh yeah, and I the, guess that story. There was this little, uh, like I guess it was a prologue in the first episode. Yeah, where he, he's at his wife's grave. I kind of expected that to be like a backup story each time, but it, this one. Didn't I guess have it was it. just a one-off. But yeah, maybe he, he finally he gets uh, kind of has a showdown with old Frank, and Frank's yeah. furious that he didn't. He has all of this time travel capability, and he didn't go back and protect his family. Oh. I also just like it because it's like, you're not freaked out by me. He's like, dude, I was Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. Awesome. That's, that's kind of my choppy recap of Cosmic Ghost Rider 2. But it's fun. Um, I, I really like Cosmic Marvel right now. Yeah. I mean, Donny Cates is just, this is, Donny Cates didn't write this, but he has set the stage for Cosmic Marvel to be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's awesome. I like that he set the stage and like created all these new characters and these like mashup characters and created all these scenarios that now other people are taking the reins and having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It's, um, it's really great. Yeah. It's awesome. It makes me want more cosmic Marvel movies. I know we've kind of, the, the, I mean, well, we're getting it. The we franchises are. have been going in that direction hardcore. And we are they now own the rights to Silver Surfer and we're Can't getting wait. we're probably getting Beta Ray to Bill in the next movie and I want my big purple daddy. Well, we're getting Eternals. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're getting yeah. we're getting Eternals for sure. Uh yeah. No. <laughs> I want my big stupid purple guy. Thanos? No. Galactus. <laughs> oh, that purple guy. That big purple daddy. <laughs> big bigger purple. Big big purple daddy. <laughs> That's my my theory is that the next big baddie in like five phases from now will either be Doc, Dr. Doom or Galactus. Yeah. yeah but I Galactus like, is never like a He's a like pretty a combat like Yeah, a, he's a pretty simple I mean it's not a simple problem to solve, but it's not like He just waves the ultimate notifier at him and he leaves. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, you just you get a you get a, a herald and just be like, hey, make him a, go away. You get a majigger and you just go. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You, you bite him on the nose of the rolled up newspaper. You get a really big uh, spray bottle of water. <laughs> no, bad. <laughs> I just like that because I always like the ultimate no flyer because it just like reads answers to just I will wipe out. Everything in existence just to get rid of you. <laughs> Scorched earth tactics. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I, I, I like this version of Frank Castle. I think it's great. Yeah. I love that it's not Frank Castle at all. Because Frank Castle's gone. Yeah. He's, he's a completely manic lunatic and it makes it very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's top picks. Yep. Whew, we got through it. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. Um. So uh, what do we want to start? 
top stories with? I was going to do Skulldigger and Skeleton Boy because I don't know how to do Venom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Venom was... Yeah, let's start with Skulldigger. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll take the lead because this was one of potentially going to be my, my top pick. I love this book. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, so it was a quick read too. This yeah, it's fun. very, very fun, very fast. Um, Yeah, so we left off the last issue with, uh, you know, the Skulldigger is the... Uh, Frank Castle, you know, we got a lot of Punisher in this issue, I guess, <laughs> this episode. And uh, he basically rescued this orphan from, you know, the, the uh, what's it called? Orphanage? Yeah. yeah he looks thing. like a lot like a young Robbie Wrist, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Robbie Wrist. But, uh, but yeah, so basically, uh, you know, he has rescued this orphan who watched his parents die. Um, and is now kind of turning him into his Robin. Um, I love it because it's like, what do you want? Do you want, want to leave? It's like, all right, that's not good enough. And he, it's just this montage. Yeah, he has him like locked like, in this like little room. Yeah, it's like. It's, it's definitely like he doesn't know how to have a ward. He's not done this before. Uh, yeah, so he's just like, yeah, like. Uh, I mean, it's abuse. Yeah, you've only been in here three days. <laughs> like, well, you're pathetic. He's like, let me out. Like, let me out of here. Yeah, and he does say, like, what do you want? I want to get out. And he's like, nope, that's wrong. He's like, what do you want? I want to kill you. And he's like, that's, that we can work with. Um, so then they start, then they start training. He gets his, his skeleton costume. And, uh, well, he, he gets shown his skeleton costume. Oh, yeah, he's he like, you're to, not ready for this yet. earn it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then we go back to his the- little skelly jammies. <laughs> <laughs> I have those exact same jammies. I have that onesie. Of course you do. I bought it at Target. It's great. Very cozy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so then we go back to uh, the detective who's basically like, yo, this kid is missing. Like, I know it's him. I know it's Skulldigger. Like, we got to go after this. And basically everyone on the force is just like, he's taking out the right people. Like, why are we going to fight him? He's on our side. And she's like, yeah. you are what's wrong with this whole thing. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very um, formulaic detective story. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. It's straightforward. It's, it's the Gordon versus the GPD yeah. thing where it's like, why are you protecting him, you know? Vice versa, like it's it's the opposite because she's like, I gotta take him down, you know. I love this big fat police chief. Yeah, <laughs> he reminds me of Chief Stearns from the tur- the Turtles movie, like just forever sweaty. <laughs> He's got this big white. My tie. mood is forever sweaty. <laughs> the wispy comb over. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then, then we uh, we have we get some really good, uh, Sin City uh montage of the um the training. Yeah. And, you know, he starts off, he's like, I was weak, I wasn't good enough, you know, I was how my parents made me, I was weak, and he has, you know, he's saying all that. Um, and, and, yeah, and basically he's just saying that he's f- fueled by hatred. It's hatred towards him, it's hatred towards, it, you know, he, it's like, I, I know it doesn't make any sense, but I hated him, I blamed him, I mostly wanted to be him, because nothing hurt him, nothing touched him. So he's like, really not coping with his parents' death very no and uh, really? it's in an ideal environment for hope <laughs> yeah and and but like real bad like skull digger's not really helping him no he's he's abusing him he's, he's abusing the shit out which of is him. you know it's the guy who murders people with a skull yeah, yeah but i mean like if, you know if you really <laughs> stop and think about what batman does with his robins is that that much different than abuse either not really yeah like i mean we don't see uh, the part where he locks him in a room for three days but like how how much far further off is it you know uh, like <laughs> i think he cares I think he cares, and uh, and ultimately, I mean, I, I think Skulldigger, in his own mind, thinks he cares. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's so. that. Like, I I toughen you up because the world is tough, and you need to be tougher. Kind of a like backwards a backwards form of showing affection. None of the Robins have ever murdered Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I am curious to see how Not that. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get the like really cool splash page of of the training sequence. I love this this it's panel so placement. I love good. this art. It's, it's so good. The color work is really great. Yeah, and, and it, you know, it's kind of talking about like he was stronger, but I was faster. I knew soon it would be time. You know, he's just been basically training in this in this basement, waiting to actually participate. Um, we need a music montage for this. Yeah, right. This splash page. Oh, it's so good. Um, and then finally, after however long it's been, Skulldigger takes his mask off for the first time around the kid, and the kid is just like shocked at the scars, mostly. Well, yeah, he goes to bring him his food, and he goes, "You know, you can eat with me." Yeah. You always <laughs> just have to come in and give me food and walk away. Yeah. Which I thought it's like, yeah, it's like it's he doesn't know how to be a human. Like he doesn't know how to like have a regular relationship with anything. So he's like, it's this like. You know, like he thinks he's doing what's right, and he's just abusing him. Um, then we we uh, you know he has the TV on in the background while they're eating dinner, and it's uh you know the campaign rally for the mayoral can mayoral candidate Tex Reed, who we found out in the last issue was the um Golden Age superhero uh that fought with Abraham Slam. So he's like being a superhero is kind of like propelling his candidacy, and it's like helping his campaign. There's um, so many like backdrop story telling devices in comics right now that are elections yeah i mean there's an election in like almost every book zeitgeist man it's important it's uh (laughs) i mean the mask is just turning it up to 99 yeah yeah yeah. of course that one's not subtle at all but yeah yeah. but like uh it it, turtles with with baxter stockman Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this i mean it's it's all over it is i like it yeah um yeah Yes, and then, like, the kid, I like this little, like, back and forth that they have. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, what's my name? So you're Bone Crusher, what's my name? It's up to you. Really? Of course, it's your name, your costume. You think I can get a motor- motorcycle and maybe paint it with skulls and shit? Don't push it and watch your mouth. You beat people to death with a skull. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we talk, we take out scum, we don't talk yeah, like, like scum. Yeah, you're worried about my language? He's like, yeah. So, yeah, he's trying to be a dad and just being really bad at it. Um, and then we see uh, marital trouble between the detective and, and her spouse because uh, she's a she's a full time cop and she doesn't know how to turn off being a cop and her partner is neglected. And, yeah, we're really seeing like everyone is just disconnected from everyone else in this book. Like yeah. no one no one has. And I, th- I think that's, you know, they, they show this scene with her and her wife intentionally to be like. Yeah, obviously Skulldigger is a bad person, but like trying to do the right thing can also turn you into a bad person if you neglect everyone around you. Right. And and she she says this thing where she's like, don't start. I'm a cop first. Yeah. And then her girlfriend's like, a cop first? Are you serious? Then what are we doing here? Yeah. 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 And it's like, you knew what this was when you moved here. Damn. And she said, if you can't handle then then maybe we are wasting our time, which is rough. Super rough. Not cool, man. Yeah. Take care of your loved ones, man. Yeah, there's got you got to have a good life work balance. Yeah, and like being a cop isn't the end all be all. You're not going to save the world. I mean, yeah. and, and being skulldigger, you're not going to save the world. And yeah, that's I mean, kind I, of the... I feel like that's easy for me to say. I just sit in front of a computer all day, <laughs> but like you know, it, it is important. Yeah, and I understand having a job that is much harder and, and more taxing emotionally. Kind of bring it home with you. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you gotta even you gotta work harder to to. Dis- disassociate from it every once in a while and get you know anyway yeah, yeah i don't know what the hell i'm talking about i'm not a cop uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we we cut back to the uh more mayoral you know race and uh grim jim 
who broke out of what is essentially their Arkham Asylum, uh, swoops down on a friggin' helicopter. Well, he's also talking about how his uh, mayoral uh, like plan is to lock up people Skulldigger. like Skulldigger. Yeah, he he name drops Skulldigger and is like, yeah, this the, like this is what is wrong with this city, and we're gonna clean the current, up the scum. Like current generation of heroes. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna clean up the scum. Is basically he's, then he gets you know, a dart in the neck, and then a mutant. Uh, cat shows up and turns everyone into animals. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's a different book. That's a different book. You're crossing the street. So streams. this green-headed guy. <laughs> no, he's purple-headed. <laughs> purple-headed. The purple red ear. skull. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so yeah, he swoops down and is basically uh you know about to take over. Yeah, he says uh text said spiral has fall spiral city. Has fallen into darkness. Well, guess what? You ain't seen nothing yet. And then he like makes he's he's very jokery in Wait this. Wait till they get a load of me. Yeah, he's very jokery in this like the way he interacts with the camera and like he loves like the the like uh performance of it all. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see you know the the Batman allegory with the Joker allegory in the next issue. Yeah. Also, I never noticed the back. Look at the back. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's his it's, it's his just skull his mace. skull of the yeah, skull mace on a on a chain's badass. Yeah, it is very really Jim? because the uh, mm-hmm. it's purple, so it's Grimjim. But it's the metal one. Yeah, yeah. but it, but it's also yeah. it's his, it's his skull plus Grimjim. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the front cover, everything's purple. Yeah, and it's it's a reflective yeah. surface, the skull. So it's like in that. Mm. Yeah, and the the cover is him coming down off of this like Zeppelin helicopter thing, with a bunch of flyers that say "Vote for Grim Jim." It's very uh, that scene in Batman where uh, Joker's throwing money around. Yeah, <laughs> I always love that scene. I think that's the second time you brought that up recently. And where is the Batman? <laughs> you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Shout out to Batman! It. <laughs> I think just because he shout out to Batman. Yeah. <laughs> just like, All right. Shout out to Batman. Yeah, shout, shout out to fr- friends of the show, Batman! It. Go check out that. Oh yeah, that show's show. great. It's great. So Venom, Venom: The End. Uh, this book. Holy, holy. Okay, what? What the fuck did I read? <laughs> what? And I can't stress this enough. The fuck <laughs> is this book? What the literal actual fuck is going <laughs> so, on? So, so the great. end. So the end <laughs> is is they Marvel's doing these things where it's like one shots of every single character in their very final story. So you've already had Miles Morales. The end. The second week is well, Venom. The end. I mean, there were a series of them in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, but this is their second go. Their new it. version of it. Their their reimagined event version of it. And uh, yeah. So so we the, we. <laughs> who I don't. Someone else's issue have a smell to it. It's the the paper. Yeah. yeah, it's got like a different. kind The paper of, has a very chemically smell. It's a different kind of paper too. Maybe it's the humanoid superheroism biosymbiote bond. I feel like this book just had a lot of words that like I was like, whoa. Yeah, you're, there's, you're a, a lot of words. there's a hell of a lot like going on in here. If you like Star Trek fake science, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, so, so yeah, so basically it's uh you know the the end of existence. Um, we start out in the golden age of the humanoid superheroism. <laughs> I like the 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 plot device, the storytelling device of Times Arrow, 
And it's the way it like grounds the timeline of everything that's happening. Yeah, and there's just panels where it's like just cuts through, and it's like, all right, let's fast yeah. forward. All right, yeah. let's go back. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Like so, the, the panel placement is crucial. The art is fantastic. Yeah, it really I really is. did enjoy it. And the color is great. It's another really saturated. And it it, it uses the medium in a really interesting way. Yeah. In the same way of like using the panel placement and the and the text boxes to to progress the story along, and like a really like it's so fast paced. So. It's, <laughs> Essentially, to lay the groundwork for people, mm-hmm. uh, what happened in this book is that uh, every civilization, every like species, created a super artificial super intelligence, a, a, a what ASI. ASI, ASI, and they promised not to use them because of how powerful they were. So they kept them dormant until the Kree went. Uh, yeah, we're just gonna use ours. Use it. We're gonna use ours. So then, yeah, you know, every, fuck you guys. So <laughs> then, every other uh species that had one uh like you know activated unleashed it. it so they started a war between super intelligences and they started amassing physical matter into data so called god minds yeah so they took over like celestials we see in the first panel and they're just accumulating everything kind of like in powers of x when it was the the technarchy we actually see a technarchy in here yeah, yeah. We, we, we see the phalanx um, um yeah. so it's all of the artificial super intelligences versus the last of bio life which is venom <laughs> yeah so so basically in in this like far-flung future uh all biological life on across the universe is is dying off and venom clings to he loves eddie brock so much that he keeps him alive artificially by like replacing replacing all of his failing organs and then his like uh axons and uh synapses synapses. yeah he's like he's just and like eddie's consciousness lives within this own like constantly repeating version of his life that just becomes more and more venomized yeah (laughs) all of his memories um, just get infected with venoms and (laughs) it takes uh Kate's like codex thing where everyone who's ever been a symbiote uh has like a like a DNA signature inside a code like a, a just, codex. Yeah, yeah. A codex. Yeah. But like just a so like Venom has access to all these different people's DNA. So he's just assimilating all yeah. of biology. Yeah. So it life. gets to this point where he needs um reinforcements. So he kind of so he starts bonding with everything. Well, he, he can. He goes. He goes through his codex and finds. Well, he find, uh, uh, Jamie Madrox. Yeah. Uh, and and multiple man. So then he he multiplies himself <laughs> into an army so that he can find all the biological life in the world and bond with everything that he possibly can. So like he has become a single manned army, and he also tried to create a uh, unified front with all the other symbiotes, and that didn't go well. Because so he's, he's just a comic book collector. Oh yeah, he uh, <laughs> yeah he tried to get all the symbiotes to. Uh, to cooperate and they didn't so he killed all of them yep and then just replaced them with him with himself because he can multiply in- yeah. infinitely now because of the jamie madrock thing that's dope yeah uh <laughs> it's wild uh, yeah so then you get this like awesome like fractal <laughs> spiral and then you get a, a, a panel with man. venom and just babies and he's the meat gardener he's the meat gardener <laughs> oh my god there's a lot of like really weird jokes that come out of nowhere in this book like there's one part where he says that he like he uh, anti-fragile genetic remixes of people, and it's just him on a turntable. It's like remix. I'm like, yeah. why is that? <laughs> what the? F- also, um, <laughs> Earth's super artificial super intelligence was 
was obviously Tony Stark. Yes. And it's just a, a whole army of Tony Stark. It continues Starks. to be Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so yeah, he becomes the meat gardener because he's, I, I kind of missed how he's able to create BioLife, but here we are. He creates Magic. BioLife. Um, I also like this. Uh, there's like a five star rating system. Talk yeah. about it. <laughs> no, he can create more of himself, but not more people. It's, it's something about like um, the symbiotes. Uh, what is it? Yeah. So he thousands of worlds and billions of new humanoid hosts recreated from his genetic codex. Madrax selves across multiple galaxies yeah. and seeded thousands of worlds of billions of new human humanoid hosts. Yeah, I just I didn't get how he created more babies. That's the part that lost me because then he's creating new versions of all these people that used to elixir and storm, and he's like creating biospheres with all of these like mutants that had the power to create biospheres. And he sim- he assimilates water bears. <laughs> yeah, mm. <laughs> I love it. Really and there's good. there's this like five star host compatibility rating. Yeah, <laughs> it just reminds me of Gotcha Games. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all, man. Um, so yeah, then he has like a, he has a parlay with the Tony Stark intelligence because basically the, the, the God mind has now assimilated it. The intergalactic war of all the different ASIs have, have congealed into one massive God mind. And their plan now is to just become reality. They just assimilate everything in their path. And it's not necessarily that they want to wipe out BioLife. It's that they have to, because you're in the way. Um, so he meets with, um, Venom and is basically just like, yo, as I used to have a bio life, and I can tell you this is far superior, just assimilate, assimilate or die, you know, is basically, you know, the conversation, and Venom just says, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> he's doing his own version of assimilating. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it's more of like a survival assimilation, not a... Assimilation for bio life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he uses, he uses a... Well, wait, <laughs> he's a... Uh, he... He needs um another he needs another weapon because he's he's severely outmatched. So he talks to um uh intelligence is in the in the codex, like people way smarter than him, mm-hmm. and they give him the ability to slash planets. Yeah. It's a, a new martial art, extra dimensional structure. Um it's uh what matter could not exist in areas where Venom opened up his extra dimensional structure to interact with the Mundane fabric of space time. The symbiote's legions were now armed with claws capable of slashing entire planets to pieces. Um, so dang. Yep. Yep. And and, <laughs> he can unfold himself as a weapon. Yeah. So he can like. Yeah, they said that it's the equivalent of, um, uh, say, ripping out a human, ripping out their own intestines to strangle an enemy, then stuffing the organs back inside themselves. Only much more painful. It's like, wow, that sucks. Ouch. Yeah. yeah bummer, dude. Um, rude <laughs> but then we see that he uh he uses quicksilver's codex and uh with his new power max super saiyan everything he's able to rip through space-time fabric at the you know faster than the speed of light and go through time and the <laughs> he starts running into a problem though because every time he fights the super intelligence they're uh, the humans his, are the dying die like um, in 30 seconds they like yeah. they, they like age in the course of 30 seconds because they can't handle that much power so <laughs> yeah but each victory claimed the lives of the first hundreds then thousands then billions of beloved bio hosts that aged out and died at relativistic speeds <laughs> as i did just mention billions of hosts in passing you might be wondering to yourself so what did the symbiote bond with 
everyone in the universe? Why, yes. He, yes, he did. In fact, Venom wound up bonding with everyone who has ever lived. So, <laughs> include, uh, present company included. <laughs> uh, it kind of just gets to this point where uh, Venom is trying and trying to, to uh, def- like find some way to win, and he, and he just can't. So, he's just so outnumbered that he uh, just rips himself apart to he mad create himself. a universe. Yeah. The, the, I, lo- I love this like this one it's like arrows back and forth that read <laughs> that read really chaotically it's like then he sent a madrox legion of itself splashing back and forth through the time stream and it's like him like sim like the, there's like a napoleon and like a like a pharaoh and yeah. there's like a <laughs> but i feel yeah, like so marvel was- artists and writers are, are having a contest with each other to see who can come up with the crazier storytelling <laughs> like like the, the, this, this wins the, I don't know. I mean, this kind of echoes Silver Surfer Black a little bit. Yeah, it's it's there. It's definitely in the same vibe. Yeah, like Silver I, Surfer Black didn't try to do a bunch of meta science. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the the visuals were just mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, but no, yeah. So it just gets to the point where Eddie kind of just creates a whole new Marvel universe. Yeah, he like instead of like as he's about to be beat by, uh, you know, he like the the very last symbiote host dies. The bio host dies. And he, you know, he watches him like kind of like crumble in his arms. And as he does that, he like sees the extra dimensional lattices that compose himself and howling in agony proceeded to tear himself inside out uh, in an auto cannibalizing ordeal drawn out over the subjective centuries in the, <laughs> in the dying symbiote's perception, which only lasted picoseconds elapsed in real time. So he, yeah, suffered for an eternity to create a new universe it's adorable <laughs> he just loves humans so much he loves them so much they're like he's a, so like lonely that he became a god yeah well uh, sort of pieces of him became a marvel universe <laughs> uh but they won't but the ais won't touch it because it's like a national park yeah yeah it's a, it's, it's a, so beautiful it's a protected that, sanctuary yeah <laughs> i like it it's great yeah. it's so good <laughs> And then we find out at the very end that Tony Stark has the the that ASI Tony Stark has been narrating the whole time. And the end is like nicely done, tongue wagger. And that's how the stop sniffing your book. It's, it's weird. It's just me got out. this weird <laughs> I think I think it might be the ink. Adam didn't actually read it, he couldn't get past the smell. It just made me dizzy. <laughs> Not I mean reading it made me dizzy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm, yes. I'm like I'm like, am I Am I Am I getting high, high from this book? <laughs> I mean, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's that's tough well we made it we made it through we did it this, was, this has been a journey this We've, is yeah we we have come come out as new people we need sean on the show we really man. do i miss you sean <laughs> he's our anchor he holds us on on, he, on the earth there would have definitely been a moment where he's like okay guys all right like, guys stop, guys stop <laughs> you gotta stop yeah so what's out this week now that we talked about last week what's today's date i found it okay <laughs> oh good there's american jesus new messiah number two let's do ourselves a favor and not cover that one <laughs> uh we got excalibur and marauders cool uh, that'll be cool um uh, at the conclusion of uh, the mask so we can talk uh, about <laughs> nice mm-hmm. we got uh family tree yeah ghostbusters year one number one oh, that that's, is on that's my a radar. you that's a you book yeah. for sure um okay uh, count crowley monster reluctant midnight monster hunter that one's always fun mm-hmm. 
Uh, oh, we got more Far Sector, more... Um... A new Red Sonia book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Wonder Twins. There's a lot for you two, specifically. Oh, uh, Wonder Twins. Yeah. There's always a lot for me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but like you books. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, number 47. I might try to jump in and see where that is. I could probably find you a better jumping on point than 47. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It's called number one. (laughs) I'm living for today here. Ooh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy, that Al Ewing Guardians of the Galaxy. I cannot wait for that. Cool. Yeah, that's going to be, that's probably going to be either a top story or a a pick for myself. Yeah. Yeah. All All right. right. I feel like there's something else big that I'm missing. Once in future, don't forget if you're listening to this. That's the last to come once out in future, the, isn't it? It is. And if you're uh. listening to this, go to the uh, the, the in store signing on uh, the 24th, two days from now. That's uh, a brave new world. Brave new world in old city uh, in Philadelphia, PA. We will all be there. We will all be there. Kieran Gillen will be there. Unfortunately, James Tynan had to cancel. He had a Bummer. prior commitment in uh, L.A. or something. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, we just had a signing with him recently, so it's like not the end of the world. Uh, and Kieran Gillen will be there. So, you know, come come get your once and future signed. Yeah. <laughs> That's rad as hell. Yeah. I'm really super excited. I'm super excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. yeah come say hi to us. We want to meet you all. Mm-hmm. All of you uh, Philadelphians. <laughs> Philadelphiers. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's this week's books after last week's books. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Week's Comics. If you like what you hear and you want more, support us. Go to DuelingGenre.com slash support and join our Patreon. Uh, you'll help us out. You'll help uh, a whole bunch of other awesome podcasts like Spider-Man Minute. Um, you'll get the um, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World Minute. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out from, uh, from Dueling Genre. And please support your local comic shop. Get out there, buy some comics, and we'll see you next week. For myself, Casey, Sean, uh, good luck out there in that Pinewood Derby race, <laughs> and, uh, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody.